the New York Islanders are headed for the Eastern Conference Final for the first time in 27 years. Hello, everybody. It's Quick Hebersholi along with Jerry Green with Philly Sports Talk. And we're here to talk some sports there as uh, not a very good night around Philadelphia. Uh, Jerry, what do you think about the Flyers game? Uh, it was a disappointing ending to the season, but overall, I think this season was a success for the Flyers. Uh, they outperformed most people's expectations, and they have a pretty young team, and it's looking up for them in the future. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to stay positive, but tonight I'm I'm a little mad. I just yeah, the Islanders outplayed us this whole entire series, in my opinion. Carter Hart played really really well. He was our game changer kind of player in every single game and tonight was not his fault tonight just the lack of defense and just the Islanders outplayed us this series I would say so it's hard to stay positive on a night like tonight yeah I agree with that and uh adding on Carter Hart that's probably one of the biggest positives from this season is that they fixed the long-term issue of having a goalie yeah and along with that loss Phillies lost tonight but they are on a roll, and as I said to other people, I said, hey, you eventually got to lose some games. You can't win win everything, you know? So that was yeah. a tough loss. No, no no, hits, really, for us. Our offense was pretty silent. Spencer Howard did not have a very good, really good outing, so that was rough. Watching that game was pretty ugly. I watched both these games, and it was not fun to watch for either team. Yeah, I agree with that last statement. It was not fun to watch these games as a fan. But uh, there's a lot, a lot of big-time signings today around football. You have Tredavious White signing extension, Deshaun Watson. Uh, who were the, who were the other couples? Uh, Keenan Allen got a pretty Keenan big extension. Allen. I think there was one more big name. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's a lot of guys cut today, too. Today was the deadline for the 53-man rosters. And yeah. um, the Eagles' 53-man roster saw not a lot of surprising cuts, but a couple of surprising people who made the team. Casey Tuhill, seventh-round pick. He was expected to be uh, kind of like a raw project. He would probably yeah. make the practice squad, but he... And I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans were happy to see Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas go. Yeah, that, they, that I mean that backfield got torn up last year and the year before, so it was good to see a little change there. I'm not surprised but, that they couldn't find a trade for those two. Yeah, I, I don't see anybody that would really see any interest in it. But I, yeah. you know, I think the Eagles could go pretty far this year. I think they have a chance. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team just yet, but I think they have. NFC Championship as their maximum potential this year. If Wentz plays like he can, then that that's very good. Yeah, the receiving group, which is weak as it is, if they could stay healthy and just hold on, I think this offense can be pretty decent. They've got Miles Sanders in the backfield, who should have a pretty big year. Uh, if Wentz can stay healthy, they'll have a decent year. But um, 
I'm not very happy with how the Eagles are managing Zach Ertz. The fact they lowballed him, I don't know. Like, I know he's with us for a couple more seasons, but I cannot believe they lowballed him like that. Yeah, but it doesn't really surprise me because Dallas Goddard is young and he looks pretty good so far. And he'll probably be their tight end of the future. So we're looking at a possibility of maybe Ertz gets traded next season. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't want, unless we're really, really contending for a Super Bowl, I don't want Ertz to go without anything we get for him. If he gets, if he just goes right into free agency and we didn't win a Super Bowl either these next two years and we didn't make a trade, I think it's nothing but a disappointment. There's a waste of what could have been. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, I do expect Ertz to take a smaller load this season. It looks like Dallard. Dallas Goddard is going to get more targets. And with the weak wide receiver group, they probably might even run a lot of two tight end sets too. Yeah, I mean, it should be pretty fun to watch. I mean, even I wonder how they're going to manage. I wonder if Jalen Hurts will get any playing time. I mean, he may, he may be one of those Tyson Hill kind of guys with the Eagles wanted, but they said that he's going to be the third string guy, which I, I thought he might have been the second string guy, but Subfield still got that job. Yeah, I was pretty surprised when Peterson said that. But, you know, Hurts, he's not really as athletic as Taysom Hill. So I wasn't expecting him to fully take that role. But I think he'll still have a unique role in this offense. And I think that the pick was more of a security pick with Wentz's injury history. They're just looking to have a solid backup for the next few years to come. Yeah, and... uh so, what do we think about 76ers head coaching possibilities right here? Uh, there was reports saying that they were looking at Ty Lue. I'm not sure if I like that hire or not. Um, Ty Lue won a championship in Cleveland, so there's that type of experience, which is always good. But yeah. he's faced a lot of criticism for his coaching, especially his bad years in Cleveland. But yeah, and for this year, for the 76ers, there's a couple moves I'm hoping that they do. I, I'm sorry, like, get anything you can for Al Horvath. He is not a bad basketball player, but the way we're paying him, I mean, we just we can't afford a contract like that for a guy that's playing like that. I'll take literally anything from him. I'll take a third-round, second-round pick. I don't care. I'll take a average player, anything. And then I would look into the market about, I mean, they're not going to do this, but I don't think Tobias Harris belongs in Philadelphia. And the way that we're paying him, giving him that max contract, I, I like Tobias, but I just don't think he's the franchise player. I don't think he's a guy that should be getting paid as much as he is. And I was really upset to see that we gave him an extension like that. And I just don't, I just, I think we should look in the market. If the Kings are stupid enough to give us Buddy Heald for him, I would like that as well. I will do anything. I just, we can't pay the contracts like that. And Tobias Harris is not going to be a key component in a championship win. And if another season goes by where we don't get further than the NFC, or not the NFC, the the conference championship, then I think Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid's got to go. I think something, there's got to be something done with the process. It's not working right now in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a huge offseason for the Sixers. Um, they don't have a lot of people leaving this free agency. I mean, 
Glenn Robinson, Alec Burks, Raul Neto, all of their contracts are expiring. But I don't think they're going to have enough money to bring those guys back and unless they really want Neto. Who that's exactly didn't. why we got to look in the market for Horvin Harris. We're paying them too much money. It's just... Yeah. So I would like to keep... I do think Simmons and Embiid can win a championship on the same lineup. But I don't... I just don't see Harris or Horvath a part of that lineup. I see Thibel a part of it. I like Thibel. I really do like him. And I think he could become a key component. I think he's a great defender. And I think his offense will progress a little more as he gets older. And I think we need to fill in two more spots in that lineup. I don't think Josh Richardson is the guy either. Yeah, I agree with that. The number one thing that stood out to me in that Boston series that was extremely painful to watch was that nobody on the Sixers can pass the ball when Ben Simmons is out. Like, yep. it's, it was it's bad. way too hard for them to get the ball to Embiid in the post. They were completely relying on Josh Richardson and Alec Burks to score on their own and Joel Embiid to score whatever touches he got. There was no forms of real offense going on. No one could really pass or handle the ball. They need to find some sort of reliable point guard this offseason. And, and, you know, Embiid played fine. He played well. He did play well, I'll give him that. But there were a couple moments in crunch time that really killed us. I remember it may have been game three. We were up by one point, and Embiid had a horrible pass, which turned into two points at the other end. No, it turned into, no, it turned into an, a clear pass foul. I remember this. It turned into a clear pass foul. I'm pretty sure this was the play. And then they got the free throw and then made a three. So I suppose to maybe possibly leading by three, we were down by three, and that turned the whole tie of the game. I'm pretty sure that's the same play I'm talking about. I know yeah, there was a clear pass foul in the game three or game four, and it really killed us. And I remember Embiid's pass with three minutes left. That was just, it turned over, and it was a big, big loss. In yeah. the- I'd say that's probably the biggest deficiency in his game is his passing. He gives up way too many turnovers, and when he gets double teamed in the post, he sometimes has trouble passing out of those double teams and finding the open shooter. Mm-hmm. But and if Simmons could shoot, he could really like it. That would be huge because MB will get doubled inside. Simmons can shoot, you know. But right yeah. now we don't have a shooter. Yeah, I don't know you why know, Richardson's gave, not our shooter. I don't know why they gave Al Horford so much money. They could have signed someone like Seth Curry this offseason, but that's too late now. Got to focus on the future. Yeah, so uh, this this Lakers and Rockets series, I this is a series I love to watch, and I really hope the Rockets shove it up the Lakers' butts. I don't – I really want the Rockets to win this series. And Harden, the whole defense last night was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, Lakers in five. Same thing happened last series, but this is a completely different scenario. Last series, they were playing the Blazers, who are the 22nd ranked defense in the regular season. And this Rockets team is the number one ranked defense in the playoffs so far. I think it's going to be hard for them to turn it on and and, dominate this series. It'll be a close one if the Lakers can pull it out, but Rockets are in good position right now. Yeah, and I can – because I'll back you up on that. The Rockets – completely different team from the Blazers. 
I trust me, Blazers are fun to watch, but they do play a little positionless basketball, just like the Celtics. Celtics play absolutely positionless basketball. So do the Blazers in a way. The Blazers kind of de- go off for all talent, and the, I just don't think they're in shape. I'd like the Rockets where there was a couple times in this game, too, where the, both teams looked dead. And even the Lakers looked absolutely dead in that series. So if they're going to be like that in this series, let, let me tell you, it's going to be a rough awakening because the Rockets are in shape, their defense is great, and they will get under your skin. Russell Westbrook, he's going he's gonna to drive you nuts. Harden, I mean, you're going to foul him a lot during the series. And... P.J. Tucker, man, if Anthony Davis cannot play P.J. Tucker in this series, it's over. There's nothing that they can do about it. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers are really missing Avery Bradley, who opted out of the bubble in this series because he was probably their best perimeter defender, and they have just absolutely no answer for Harden or Russ. There's just yeah. tore him up last game. Harden had an efficient 30-plus points. Westbrook, I believe, had a triple-double, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, P.J. Tucker, I mean, he th- I think he only went two for eight, but I don't care about what he does on offense. What he did on defense yesterday was absolutely special. And it, don't forget, don't forget the Rockets had the Lakers number in the, in the regular season, too. And P.J. Tucker dominated Davis in those games. It's just I don't get how Anthony Davis, the best big in the league, can't do anything about it. I just... I, yeah. I give props to P.J. Tucker and a, a lot of it, but just Anthony Davis, man, I don't know. I Yeah, P.J. Tucker, when you, you see him out there, it's like end of the fourth quarter. He's got LeBron or A.D. posting him up, and he's just got active hands, active feet, not moving anywhere, just giving 100% effort, no matter if he's been playing 40 minutes all game or it's the first possession. He's just a player who's going to give you 100% effort every single play. He might not yeah. be the best dribbler or passer. All he really does on offense is stand in the corner and shoot threes, but he That's, will give yeah, you 100% on offense. every loose ball and every defensive position. And he did yesterday. There's several plays where P.G. Tucker was out playing the Lakers, and it was it was such a fun game to watch. I can only imagine for Rockets fan how fun that game was to watch because – I was getting excited just watching it for the Rockets. It was such a good team win. Everybody did something. It was it was really fun to watch for the Rockets. Lakers fans, I'm a little upset though. <laughs> if I'm if I was a Lakers fan, that was not yeah. an uh, not a pretty game by any means. Yeah, LeBron had zero points in the fourth quarter. Um and Davis only had didn't have any points either. Four minutes with four minutes left until he got that end one, which was basically the only time in the game where he really used his size to outplay them. Yeah, I'm pulling up the stats right now. I'm pretty sure that the Rockets won that free throw battle and the turnover battle, so that's a huge advantage for them in they terms of also, points. They taught they were both teams had forty rebounds, I think. And I'll, let, I'll tell you something. If the Rockets, the small ball team, rebound the same amount as the Lakers, if the, if the Rock, they will win every single game. If the Rockets get the same amount of rebounds from the Lakers in every single game, they will sweep the Lakers. I will tell you that right now. Yeah. What's it called? I mean, the Lakers are just going to have to score more 
is what it comes down to. They only scored 97 points last game. That number one playoff defense is really holding up for the Rockets so far. And their switchability, you know, they don't have to worry about getting over screens because they have five defenders who can defend one through five all positions on the floor. So whenever the Lakers try and run a play, it's just like you beat one guy and there's one guy right up next. Just yeah. putting up. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. And we're back. And uh, we'll get into the Rockets and Nug- – or not Rockets, the uh, Nuggets and Clippers series real quickly. The right As of right now, the, the Nuggets are leading the Clippers 91-83. And I was pretty shocked to hear that. Jerry has the sat line in Jokic and how Jokic is doing right now. Jerry, Jokic, how's Jokic doing right now? He's 4-4 from three-point range, 10-16 from the field. So he's had an efficient 26 points along with 15 rebounds. And Jamal Murray's helped out, followed his regular playoff form, 22 points so far. Uh, However, on the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard has been struggling, only 13 points through three and a half quarters of play. Paul George carrying his load, though, with 22 on four, six from three. Now that's good to see because Leonard, he's, I mean, if he has one bad night, he probably won't have another. But Paul George, to see Paul George playing well is really good. And you'll probably see Kawhi kick it up a notch in the fourth quarter. So I wouldn't be worried just yet if I was a Clippers fan. And they still need that series of game up. I think there's a legitimate chance the Clippers sweep. They're going to have to outplay them in this fourth quarter. But I think the Clippers are just a better basketball team than the Nuggets. Yeah, I think that's really fair to say. I mean, they have arguably the best player in the world, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Paul George, when he's on, he's up there amongst the greatest players in the league. Uh, They got energy off the bench. They got Patrick Beverly. They got Montrez Harrell, two guys who are just constantly plugging away. They and, they have two guys that could have both been in the sixth man of the year race, and one of them won it. Yeah, you have Trez Harrell, yeah. and you have Lou Williams. Those guys are both averaging, aren't they? Averaging twenty off the bench. Yeah, I believe it's I mean, eighteen apiece. But I mean, that's yeah, a, close that enough. Is absolutely absurd to have that all come off your bench, and not to mention one's a big that doesn't shoot, but that's fine. He gets rebounds. He out he hustles and he gets points in the paint like a madman while the other can drive shoot and do whatever you need him to do when in Lou Williams and then you have Patrick Beverly who will bring great defense and energy off the bench I mean this is three players that legitimately could be in a starting lineup for a team yeah speaking of going back to free agency Montrez Harrell is an unrestricted free agent this offseason one of the biggest names we'll see what happens with him yeah, um, I, I'm gonna guess he's gonna resign, but I don't. I don't know. I feel like the Clippers will yeah. give him some money, but yeah, maybe I mean, he wants to start. So it's fair to say that it's likely he'll stay in LA, but you never know. A team like Charlotte or Atlanta, who has a lot of cap space, could just offer him a lot of money that's irresistible to turn down. But yeah, I'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Celtics and Raptors. Raptors even up the series. That was that's huge. Uh, I'll tell you what though, I mean OG Ananobi turned the whole series around with the point five second buzzer beater, and impo- almost an impossible pass and shot. You have a seven six man in Taco Fall guarding a six foot guard in Kyle Lowry, and that was an incredible pass. But seriously, put it this way, 
if he doesn't make that shot, they're down 3-0 in the series. And let me remind you, no team has ever come down from 3-0. But now they're tied 2-2. So you can thank those two players. Because seriously, they just saved their season. And I think yeah, they're I mean, the series We saw this now. last year in the conference finals where the Raptors were down 2-0 to the Bucks, And then they came back and won it in six. So maybe we'll see a similar story as they're picking up momentum here after yep. a huge game four win. I I like watching that I like watching that series and the other series. There's two series that I've been watching a lot of. It's the Bucks and the Heat and the and the uh uh what's it called the Lakers and the jeez yeah. why am I blind? I'll tell you you know, you know what I mean. But the, <laughs> I'll tell you what Giannis and the Bucks is not pretty right now. Yeah, luckily. that's the Heat are up three nothing. I saw that Giannis was listed as questionable for tomorrow night's game. It's just not looking good at all for the Milwaukee Bucks. And, and I, if I'm a Milwaukee fan, I would start burning your Giannis jerseys now. I don't know. If, I don't <laughs> think he's staying, guys, unless the Bucks <sighs> make some moves. Because you look at their roster on paper. Yes, you have Giannis. You have Middleton. You have those two all-stars. You have good players, but you, I just don't think they have a great, yeah. great I mean, team in general. We saw them perform at a historic rate in the regular season. They were on pace to win 70 games almost, but I mean, you know, maybe that's the consequences of relying on a bunch of role players when you have to come yeah, to the playoffs yeah. and you have to rely on your stars. I mean, yeah. just... Giannis and Middleton were only getting about 36 minutes a game, and to put that in retrospective, Harden and Westbrook both played over 40 minutes last night in that was a pretty secure win. So I think that coach Budenholzer needs to crank up Giannis's minutes, whether he's too tired to play or not. And I think that he needs to stop giving guys at the bottom of the rotation, like Pat Connaughton minutes when they can't contribute in a playoff situation. I you know it's, it is not looking good for the box. They're going to, I don't, they're, they're done, in my opinion. They're going to have to go out and get something to see if they want to do something. I know, like, And I'll tell you what, Jimmy Butler, man, he has turned that city of Miami into a great basketball team. That is, this is such a rare basketball team you're watching. This is a team that works so well together, and it's not everybody just, just not two players dominating. Yes, Butler has dominated, but everybody on that team contributes to a win. It's just like the Clippers. And I, I don't think they're a finals winner, but I think they can get to the finals. I think they really can. Yeah. They I are mean, impressive. as far as they've come so far, you've got to, you got to give them credit. I mean, some analysts were even projecting them to miss out on the playoffs this season. And they, they were a top four seed in the East. They, have seemingly beat the Bucks in the second round. They swept the Pacers in the first round, and they might just see themselves in the finals in I, a few weeks. I have from a now. bold prediction. I have a bold prediction. Jimmy Butler, best leader in the game, best leader for any other, and that's, best leader on an NBA team. That's an interesting one. I, I would, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with you on that one. I think I would have to go with maybe Damian Lillard or possibly LeBron James, just because of what we've seen him do in the past with those mm-hmm. Cleveland teams that were awful. They took the finals. But Jimmy Butler, he's definitely one of the best leaders in the NBA. What he's done with the C team is really a huge accomplishment. I mean, he, he's he been sh- 
he's having one of his worst years of his career, but at the same time, it's been one of his best years because statistically he hasn't been putting up the scoring numbers and the efficiency that he's used to, but like there's so much more to his game that impacts. Yeah, he's just brings so much to the table. And, yeah. you know, I obviously wish he stayed with the Sixers and everybody was mad about the Sixers for that. But quite honestly, you know, I don't think he wanted to stay in Philadelphia. And if I was Butler last year, I don't know if I would want to have wanted to stay in Philadelphia. I think he saw that this organization was not going to be able to win. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, he wanted having to Butler be a leader. On team would be like a great leader, a good mentor. But I'm not sure if he would necessarily fix all the problems that we're seeing with this yeah, team. I, just, I mean, yeah, he's only shooting think... 17% from three this season, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, regardless of where he plays, he's going to win games. And I yeah, think that and... they missed out by re-signing him. Mm-hmm. However, them missing out on him wasn't as cru- wasn't as destructive as them spending so much on guys like Al Horford and Tobias Harris. Yeah, because let me like let me put this in perspective too. We may have not gotten Horvath and Harris. Well, now we probably would have gotten Harris no matter what. But put, let me put this in perspective. Actually, we wouldn't have gotten Horvath because Butler was in the trade with that. But let me, he was gonna be he's gonna be over a hundred million. And then you got Tobias, who's over a hundred. You got Embiid. That's pretty much is he over a hundred yet? We didn't extend him, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's getting paid around twenty two million a season. Yeah, and right he's now, but over he's due for an extension. Simmons, and Simmons is over a hundred. That's over what? That's what four hundred something million on the idea. That's just not going to work. Yeah, I agree with that. But, I mean, uh, speaking of contract extensions, Phillies sign JT, sign JT. Please do it. Pandemic crew says it all the time. I really hope we sign JT. Yeah, JT has been probably one of the most consistent players for them and he, he's the best catcher in baseball yeah that's, the thing that's is true. i definitely want to resign him and i don't care how much money he is but just for people that do care how much money he's gonna be about 150 million i'll put that right there he's probably gonna be a five-year deal because i'm pretty sure he turns 30 next season so he's probably gonna be in a five-year deal he's probably gonna be 150 million that will be a big hit to her cat or to our, you know, whatever it is, salary cap. But because then eventually Hoskins, he's probably going to want over $50 million of it if if he plays well next season. Yeah, I mean, with that huge Harper contract, that, that one kind of hurt because he hasn't produced as much as he's being paid. But Yeah, you know. I mean, he's definitely been good, but I agree with you. He has not been doing for what the pay rate is. And yeah. it's just... The way that I told, I tell people this, it's, and trust me, I love Harper. I love it. Would I have done something differently if I was the GM? I may have, but I love Harper. Don't get me wrong. But just this is, you don't do those kind of extensions until you are a, I think, a championship winning team. You see the Dodgers, they extended Mookie Betts on a 300 something million dollar deal. I, I yeah, agree. With Dodgers you are looking do great this season. Yeah, I agree with that. You shouldn't do those deals until you're a championship winning team. And we were, we were below 500 the year we signed Harper. So, I just yeah. again, I love Harper. I just don't think it was the right time to sign a contract like that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Eagles again. 
there was rumors out earlier today that Alshon Jeffrey could be in trade talks. However, hey, no, I saw that. Howie Roseman has something else to say about that. He said, "Quote: Not that they're not actively shopping Jeffrey, but um, you know he's he got taken off physically unable to perform list this morning, I believe. So he's on the active roster for Week One, but there's still injury speculation that he might not be healthy for them. Um, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind if we traded him. It would bring some room in for some. It would get some more playing time, and I don't think he's going to produce very much. I think he's had his peak. So we could trade him for yeah. something for more than he's probably worth, in my opinion, yeah, as I mean, of right now. He kind of fits in with this wide receiver group. I mean, they, he's he's a bigger receiver. He's good at making contested catches. He's a red zone threat. And uh, that's something that they kind of lack on this team. As down the death chart, they sort of went for fast guys like rookies Quez Watkins mm-hmm. and John Hightower, who are both 440 combine runners yeah but um jeffrey i don't think he's going to be someone you can rely on to stay healthy throughout the season yeah and i don't think he's a number one wide receiver anymore so if they choose to move on from him then that might be a good thing i mean he could still give them a little bit of value this season but them losing him isn't going to hurt the team too much and another big signing that we forgot to mention Jadavion Clowney inked with the Titans. That I was a little shocked by, but what a great signing by the Titans. I mean, that is a great I I mean, who would I didn't see chant, think for one chant, one bit that Jadavion Clowney was gonna go there. Not one bit. Yeah, it was looking like he was gonna go to the Saints for a while, but it's a side sign with the Titans, it seems like, and that really helps their defense. I mean, they lost Jarrell Casey. Not too long ago. Yeah, and you know, great signing by them. GM, great job. But they gave Ryan Tannehill that extension. Do you think he deserves that extension? What do you think? Nah, not at all, but you know, it was way too ambitious of their GM to give Tannehill that much money after what is it, one five season deal? of producing. Yeah. They just yeah, I mean I think that I could have seen the success that the offense had was mostly based on Derrick Henry's production. Yes. Not so much Tannehill. I mean, I he's think a solid Tannehill's QB, there. but yeah. That was not a great move this offseason, in my opinion. I think he could have been a one- or two-year deal would have probably been better. I mean, hey, yeah. but if he if Tannehill goes absolutely off in these next couple seasons, then the Titans did a great job with that. But as of right now, I just don't think it was the right move. Because I don't think Tannehill is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And if they do win a Super Bowl, he's one of those quarterbacks that was good and fit the role. But it was more the whole team played really good. And that's how I think that's how I think the Eagles are gonna have to be, unless Wentz goes back to the MVP form, you know? Yeah. I mean, the Titans you gotta assume that they're the favorites to win their division. Um, especially with another uh, questionable GM move with Bill O'Brien trading away DeAndre Hopkins and oh. David Johnson, which definitely hurt the Texans in my eyes. And that kind of takes a lot of their threat away for winning the division, and it makes the Titans a clear favorite for me. 
But the Colts did sign Phillip Rivers, and uh, they drafted rookie running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they have two wide open out there. Yeah, I'm. I drafted Taylor on my fantasy team. I'm hoping that he could break into the starting lineup and get most of their touches. But we'll see if that defense can hold up. I mean, they got Darius Leonard at linebacker, but yeah. I don't know about the rest. They lost Darius Slay this offseason to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you think the Buccaneers will be as good as people think? You know, at first, I wasn't really on board, but now I'm starting to think that they're, they've got, like, a floor of, like, 10 and 6 and a ceiling of, like, 13 and 3. I, I mean, the tri- I mean, Brady, a lot of people think he's falling off. I don't think – I'm not ready to say that just yet. And with this many weapons, I think he's bound to have a pretty big statistical year. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, uh, there's reports that wide receiver Scotty Miller has – flourished in training camp. I mean, they've got O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray along with Gronk at tight end. They just signed Leonard Fournette in the backfield to pair with Ronald Jones. I mean, that offense is looking deadly. It's almost on the same caliber as the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah, and they drafted a good lineman. I can't say his name offhand, but I remember them drafting a pretty good lineman this all season. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. And the thing with the Buccaneers – Brady is not going to blow you away with his skills. You know, he'll have those big moments. He's going to blow you away with the decision-making. The deci- that's what makes him that's, that what makes him an excellent quarterback, and I still think he's going to have another big year this upcoming year. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are counting him out, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was, like, the leading touchdown passer, leading passing yards out of all QBs this season because, I mean, just two years ago, he was in MVP form winning a Super yep. Bowl, and now he's got two of the best receivers in the game, a stacked offense. I mean, Bruce Arians, a great coach. This team's going to be exciting this year. Yep, and we'll, and we'll end on this topic, but biggest underdog story coming into this NFL season, Cam Newton and the Patriots. If they win this season, if they win the Super Bowl, I know that's a stretch to say, but if they do, Belichick, Belichick already may be one of the best, the best coach of all time. But if they win the Super Bowl, he is the best coach of all time, and I'll tell you why. Because if their their offense was scripted for Brady, everything was about Brady. Now this is the completely opposite quarterback. This is a scrambler quarterback. Brady's not a scrambler. This is a completely different playbook. The whole offense has to adjust. The coaches have to adjust. So if they were able to win this, I'll tell you what, that would be absolutely crazy. And it, it, I would be actually kind of happy. Yeah, I mean, I always love the Patriots. I mean, they're one of the most hated teams, one of the most hated franchises. But, you know, Cam Newton, one of the most polarizing players in all of football. I mean, he hasn't really been healthy in the past couple of years, but I think that under Bill Belichick's offense, I mean, I've been taking a close look at what they've been doing as far as roster cuts and training camp. They have 10 offensive linemen on their roster and four tight ends. So it's looking like they're just going to 
do that smash mouth style of football, just running the ball nonstop. They've got rookie running back, or sorry, not rookie running back, Damian Harris. He was a rookie last year, but he had a quiet season. I'm expecting him to have a breakout this year. Uh, they got yep. Tony Michelle. They've got Rex Burkhead, James White in that backfield. Cam Newton, obviously one of the best rushing quarterbacks. Um, I think that he'll be able to do whatever he wants in this offense. And, you know, Bill Belichick's a genius. They've got a great defense, too, not to mention with one of the best defensive players in the game, Stefan Gilmore, a cornerback. Yeah. And I think that they'll win the division. They'll have some competition with the Bills, but I see them going around 10, 11 wins this season, making maybe even making a little bit of a playoff run, you know. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch them this season for sure. All right, so one last thing. Predictions for tomorrow night's NBA games. Who you got in the who you got in the Bucks and Heat and the Lakers and Rockets? I think that Giannis is gonna you know, I think that Giannis is gonna take this criticism to heart. He'll give the Heat a good game. He'll pull out this one, but it's not gonna change the outcome of the series. And I think that Lakers versus Rockets is gonna be a close one. LeBron's going to really wake up after that beating he got last time around. But I can, I'm going to say that the Rockets go up 2-0 and that they ride this momentum out and take a 2-0 series lead. I, I agree with one of those. I've got the Bucks winning. I've got Giannis having over 30 points. And I will say, and again, I don't think it will change the outcome of the series. But I do have the Lakers winning game two I think LeBron will get the triple double he wants I think Davis will get over 20 points at least I think it will be a good I think it's gonna be a very close game possibly even overtime but I think the Lakers will edge this one out and for the Phillies you got the Phillies or Mets tomorrow we got Nola on the mound for the Phillies what do you think uh I like the Phillies in this one I mean I'll just shake off this bad game from tonight and you know, show the game that they've been in tomorrow night and get back to their winning ways. You heard the man. Nola days tomorrow. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. This is Quick Hemshul and Jerry Green signing off.